This is Season 2 of the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. I am AZ, here with Stinky Picky, but also we have one more gentleman joining us, special guest, Andrew Gould. What it do, baby? We got the extra big man in here today. Adam, you're looking nice and spiffy. Good to see you both today. How Look are we good, feeling about play good, feel good, good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I agree. How are we feeling this week, boys? I'm feeling excellent. Things have been really good. Um, I know that Chris and I are in that win category. I also know that Andrew is inside that win category. So we had a bunch of winners on this podcast today. Yeah, this is a big week. I'm happy. I'm now I'm riding a two-game win streak, and I'm it's going the right way for me, so I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm running a four-game win streak currently. Jesus, um, get over yourself. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you said it first. I'm just, I'm just piggybacking. But, yeah, there's a lot of positive energy in this room. You can feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. It is October 10th. It is a Thursday. Um, unfortunately, the podcast won't drop in time to listen to it before the Thursday night game. But it is the Patriots versus the Giants. Regardless, all of our picks and all of our information is going to be happening before the game. So we won't have that knowledge. But give it a listen before those Sunday games. There's a lot of action going on. So hopefully you enjoy. It's going to be another awesome episode this week. Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Should we get right into the waivers? Absolutely. So it is the waivers here. We'll start off with the highest as always. And that is Gerald Everett, 11 to Fraser. So Fraser's been starting a little bit. He's had OJ Howard, who's been obviously a bust so far this season. One of the biggest ones, I'd say, in the league. Because he picked him, I think, in the fifth round. Maybe the fourth. So it's just been tough on Fraser in general with him. He needs a bit of help at tight end. Gerald Everett's had a couple good weeks. I'm 11 might be a bit steep, but at the same time, like, Gould, what did you do for Disley? I ended up doing 13. 13. I might have done 11 for Hooper, so it's not like it's way out of the realm. If I think he you hits, did 7 for Hooper. I did 7? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like, it's not a crazy amount. I'm not so sure if it's just, like, a one-week thing as far as Gerald Everett just kind of stepping up for one game or if he's going to keep it going. No, I think that this is a very fair bid for Gerald Everett. The landscape for tight end is just an absolute mess. He has had success lately. The thing that concerns me is he got heavily targeted after Cooks went out with the concussion last week. So that's why his stats were much higher last week. Cooks is supposed to play. He seems to have gone through the concussion protocol. He's supposed to play this week. So there is concerns there. But I think Fraser has made this bid for a long-term thing. I think he's done with O.J. Howard. He's not liking what yeah, he's seeing out there. He wants this to be long-term, and I don't know how great that will be long-term. For sure. Cool. What do you think about that pickup? As someone who has two like definitely startable tight ends from week to week, I want Everett to suck. I want someone to come get one of these tight ends from me. Yeah, that's fair. And so I think the more guys that have like weekly fantasy value from like a trade perspective on my end is probably bad. As far as the money spent, if Cooks doesn't play, I'm a big fan of like spending fab to win weeks. Like if if you have a if you have a guy on buy and you like you need you just need your guy that week, even if you overspend, if you pay it and you get the win, I'm a fan of it. So if Cooks doesn't play and Everett ends up having like a hundred something yards because you know they're going to air it out, and he will be the third guy. Maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Well, hindsight will be, I guess, the... Absolutely. The we we talk about a lot of stuff, and then in the end, we just have to like talk see about it, it later, see how it goes, yeah. and we'll see how it goes with Everett here. But uh, the next uh, highest bid was Washington's D to 8 to Nolan. 
So they play the Dolphins this week in Miami. I'm not saying the Dolphins are a great offense by any means, but Washington also has a horrible defense. So this could be a tough one. Awful. And really, Miami's problem is that they have no defense. They just people walk into the end zone whenever they feel like it. The problem isn't the Miami offense per se. It's not fantastic, but they do have some weapons. They can have some production. So I think Nolan sees Miami. He's like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to have to go eight because everybody's going to want Washington's defense. I don't think that many people were going after Washington's defense this week. I think eight is very high. I think it's high too. And a big point to make is our points are going to come from turnovers. I think Josh Rosen's going to turn over the ball a lot and sacks. And I think there will be probably quite a few sacks. So if he can make the points, like I don't think they're going to be a bad play this week, but I'm I'm not a fan of eight fab for them if I'm honest because I think they're like I wouldn't put them in my top twelve defenses this week. No, definitely not. So I think eight is also too high, but I, in a really disgusting way, I actually kind of do like Washington's defense this week, and so I, the, I think back to what you said like early, which no one's watched a Miami game, so no one who who like isn't a fan would know this, but you were saying their O line is just like. It's, it's like not an NFL caliber line. It's oh, just no. that it's, it's, terrible. It's horrible. It's an absolutely horrible line. They traded their only good player, Tunsil, away. So they're all backups. They should all be backups playing. So you're right there with the sacks and everything that can happen. Turnovers are going to come from it. Um, we'll kind of see. Because Washington's D, they did step up. They only got three points on them against when they played the Giants. So that's pretty good. So maybe they can step up. But, I don't, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the eight. Yeah, I don't like the number either. I, I do think, again, this is probably someone who I said before, if you pay for the defense and they go out there and get you 20 points and Nolan wins, he will have no regrets. So. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, I guess we'll have to see what happens. And then uh, the next one is Willie Sneed, 6 to Fraser. Yeah, this one, it depends. I think if Marquise Brown doesn't play, maybe Willie Sneed will get some more targets. Um, I'm trying to think who Baltimore, they play Cincinnati this week. There could be some some games there, but Willie Sneed really hasn't stepped up all too much, and it seems like the Baltimore's passing game is regressing too, so I'm not a huge fan of this one. Yeah, uh, Brown has not participated in the last two practices. I have him on my team, so I'm a little concerned that he will not be out there. I know he's a little bit injury-prone, and they have the entire season given him a lot of breaks, but usually there's some sort of limited participation by the Thursday. Yeah. The Friday practice will be big. Um, he, Willie Sneed, he can make one big bomb play for a touchdown and can save your week. So it, it's really a Hail Mary type of play if yeah, Fraser if does start him. Win, yeah. If he doesn't start him, though, then there's no really, when Marquise Brown comes back, I don't think Snead has much value. Yeah. Um, then we'll move on right to the next one, just because, again, Willie Snead is not, a, not much of an action player to talk about. Yeah. Um, we do have Gardner Minshew, who is all about that action. Yeah, who do who well, the Jacksonville, who do they play this week? Um, Saints. They yes, the they do indeed play the Saints this week. Um, Gardner Minshew five to Brandon the Warlock. Yeah, so I don't like I don't hate this. Gardner Minshew's been like steady, like consistent. I'd say like high end quarterback two, low end quarterback one. He's just been in that range, which is fine. Um, he's not going to sit uh, Patrick Mahomes though at any point, so I'm not really <laughs> sure the reason to add that. True, it kind of feels like a little bit of a toss away of Fab. I. Yeah, have a backup in case. Um, I'm not really sure what the plan is. He might be worried about uh, the ankle injury, but... Yeah, that's my thought, too. Maybe we're giving Brandon too much credit here, but I think this could be forward-looking, thinking, I think Casey plays Houston this week, and that D-line is going, I think... I think it's going to blow up Kansas City's O-line without Eric Fisher. I agree. And with an already hobbled Patrick Mahomes, either A, he doesn't like the matchup, which I would find very difficult to bench Patrick Mahomes, or B, he's just like, if Patrick Mahomes gets injured this week, 
there's like there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks out there, and Gardner Minshew is likely going to start for another five weeks and play pretty well. Yeah, he's definitely going to play. Like the ankle issue is not going to take him out. He's I would just check in to see yeah. his bye week. It's not until week twelve, so he's not like he's like stashing Minshew for a week twelve game. Yeah, yeah. So Brandon, if you can give us a reasoning for this pickup, I'd I'd love to hear it. I don't think he's a bad player, but just the fit for your team doesn't make sense for me. The only other thought is that he's trying to play some trickery on Nolan because um, Nolan is his opponent this week. And he has Kyler Murray um, starting, so maybe he thought that he would not be confident with Kyler Murray. They are playing Atlanta, so I would yeah, start I like him Kyler. anyways. Kyler Murray's going to have 800 points this week. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I don't know if he was just trying to overthink it and block Nolan, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a head scratcher for uh, Gardner Minshew on that one. For sure. um, next one, I would love some answers from you guys on this one. Keyshawn Johnson for five to Danny. Can, can anybody tell me why? I don't, honestly, I don't hate this one at all. So I'm going to give what I think Danny was thinking here. Please. Christian Kirk is probably out one more week. So Keyshawn goes into the number two spot behind Larry Fitz, and they're playing Atlanta, who has the worst pass defense in the league. So I'm not saying he's a great play, but that's what I see as the positives for Keyshawn Johnson. He hasn't been overly involved in the offense, but maybe he'll start to get more more involved against a horrible pass defense in Atlanta. Fair enough. I guess that could be the point there. Because Kyler Murray has not thrown a touchdown yet. He has ran one in. He has not thrown for a touchdown yet this year. I guess I'll double check that, yeah, but I'm always positive. Yeah. He has not thrown for a touchdown. I thought he just hadn't thrown for one in the last two weeks. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. So he's thrown uh, for okay. four. Yeah, yeah. My so, yeah. so lately, I guess. Yeah. In but against Cincy, not a great defense. You probably should be able to throw a touchdown at him. And in Seattle, their secondary isn't it's anything a to talk about. As well, so, yeah. um, so we'll I guess see, I, yeah. I have concerns over that. But again, I'm the one that was questioning why you even have Keyshawn Johnson. Like. But I guess you're trying to answer that for Danny here. Yeah, that's what I got for it. Um, we'll go on to the next one, which I like. Darius Slayton for four to Steve. He is the Giants yeah, now, wide receiver. Now I need you to explain to me why Explain. Like because <laughs> it seems like there, there's going to be nobody actually playing in that game. There's probably going to be some garbage time points that are going to happen. Um, really, Evan Ingram, probably not going to play. I think he's, he's questionable right now. He's, he's been ruled out. Saquon's not going to play. Sterling Shepard's not going to play. Golden Tate's the only name offensive weapon there. Somebody else has to do something. They're going to throw the ball a lot with their nobody running backs there. So I think that there's going to be enough there to get him up probably around six-plus points. Not great, but oh, it's still the possibility that maybe you'll get a touchdown out of it, too. It's possible, but he's playing against the best defense in the league. Not alone, well, who's going to shut him down? Either Stefan Gilmore or one of the other corners who are, I think it's McCordy's the other starting corner, who are both playing fantastic. So this one I don't actually even need to fact check, similar to what you were saying about Kyle Murray. New England's defense has not allowed a throwing touchdown yet this year. This game is going to be disgusting. I am fucking terrified. Of the, oh, of the yeah, Patriots defense this week. Yes. If I get out of this legit, I said to Danny, 20 points and under is a blessing. That's if I, I if it's 25 week. or under, I am like, that's fine. I, I can live with that. Because they are going to kill the Giants. They have no skill position players. They're down to their third string running back who sucked last week against a way worse team. Yeah. And th- honestly, I heard a hot take that the Giants should put Eli back in for this game. I don't even hate that decision. I agree, yeah. Like, as someone who's playing the Patriots, I hate it. But, like, God, like, save Daniel Jones. This is going to be an ugly game. One, save Daniel Jones. Two, you know that Eli can beat the Patriots in those big moments. Sorry, maybe maybe the moment's not big enough, and that's why it won't work out. But, yeah, I'm not actually that mad at 
potentially putting Eli in. They're not going to do it. But like the <laughs> I think idea, he gives them the best chance to win. The yeah, idea, yeah. I love it. I would yeah. play Slayton so hard if Eli, if Eli was stuck. <laughs> Just a helmet catch, yeah. right? Uh, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Jameson Crowder, um, number or sorry, two fab to Taylor. Yeah, I think this is actually a pretty good one. We have uh, Sam Darnold coming back. He was a target hog in week one. I think he had 17 targets, which is crazy. That's fantastic. So two fab. I think this is great. He's like a short distance guy. He's better in PPR, but two fab. Exactly. Two fab. Nice little pickup there. Um, anything you want to add to that, Gould? Yeah, no, I really like this pickup too. I drafted Jameson Crowder and I wanted to stash him. It's just with Darnold gone, I couldn't keep holding on to him. I, there was other things I needed to do, but I, I would love to have him on my team still. Cool. Um, next one is another head scratcher for me. Daryl Williams, two to Fraser. Yeah, so he wasn't involved at all last week in the offense. I don't think he maybe had one carry like Max. I don't even know if he had any. So this isn't one that I'm a fan of. So what I was thinking is, okay, he has him as a backup in case McCoy gets injured or if um, Williams gets injured. But realistically, a dog is barking and it's distracting me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm one of those podcasts now where I hear and I hear a dog barking. I'm like, who has a fucking dog when there's a goddamn podcast going on? Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, so you stash him for later. And then when you stash him because one of the players gets injured, he's still the second guy. So to me, this makes no sense. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, maybe this is like a deep, deep stash or... Fraser is looking to, I don't know, trade some, I, I don't know. It, there's got to be some reason for it, but I, I wouldn't have paid any fat for him, and I doubt I doubt anyone else put a bid on him. Oh, yeah, there's no chance anybody put any other bid on Daryl Williams. Um, but another one here, it's kind of like a way better version of what I guess what Fraser's trying to do. Might as well put the two on Tony Pollard instead of Daryl Williams, because Tony Pollard went for one to Ben. Yeah, this is this is a way better play. I, I actually, so I picked up Reggie Bonifant, a co- like yesterday or the day before actually trying to do a very similar thing to what Ben did here it's you're just taking a shot in the dark but like Pollard uh Reggie Bonifant Chase Edmonds there's a couple guys Madison for the Vikings that are in positions where if the guys ahead of them go down they're just money like you're getting an RB1 they're the clear guy that's going to be in there and they're actually skilled like they have the talent to be able to maybe not fully replace those guys that were there, but still produce very highly. And yeah, I actually did write that down as like a highlighted free agent move was that you picked up Reggie Bonifant there and you just explained it why you did it. Cause if Christian McCaffrey goes down, he's going to be the guy and he performed well in his limited work yesterday. Yeah. When Christian McCaffrey showed that he was human and had some cramps. Yeah. So, but yeah, Tony Pollard is even getting involved in the game way to a much larger extent than Bonifant is like Pollard has some standalone value. You're not likely ever going to start him unless Zeke's like hampered to, to I don't know, some extent. But I love this pickup for one. I couldn't believe he was available because I, I think he was on someone's team the week before. He was on my team, and before the Cleveland game on Monday, I dropped him to grab the Cleveland defense because I have Buffalo's defense on bye this week. I ended up dropping Cleveland's defense to grab Seattle, um, their defense, So, which is the next one here. I got Seattle's defense for zero. And really, I... He, I had enough guys where I needed to have them on my roster because they were startable assets. Tony Pollard was a nice-to-have kind of a player, but not enough where I would actually be able to start him unless Zeke goes out. So, unfortunately, I had to drop him. It would be nice to have him on the roster, but with a tight end on by and a defense on by, I had to make some moves, and Tony Pollard got dropped, and I'm not surprised at all that somebody grabbed him. Yeah, it's a terrifying thought that it's Ben's team. Like, if Zeke was to get hurt this week, oh. it, 
We'd be already close to unstoppable. Yeah, we would be in a bad spot. For sure. Um, As I mentioned, I got Seattle's defense for zero there. Don't talk too much about it. They are playing against uh, Cleveland. So I was either going to take one of those defenses. I'm glad I have Seattle over Cleveland's defense. Um, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities for picks. Um, That offensive line for the Browns looks not great at all. Seattle only has one sack, but... Really, with Javion Clowney, he should have at least one in this game. I'm hoping for some action on Baker Mayfield that will lead to some interceptions. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle or the Cleveland offenses are able to turn it around this yeah. week. But I think I think they're a better pick to have definitely than Cleveland. I think they can do some some damage as well. Well, based off of the defense <clears> that were picked up this week, Washington or Seattle, I'd rather have Seattle for I zero. Agree. Yeah, I'd rather have I Seattle. Agree. Um, and then the next one was also me, uh, Jared Cook for zero. I put in a $1 fab bid on Gerald Everett. I knew I wasn't going to get him, but I just whatever, something to- out there. tossed something out there just yeah. in case. Ended up getting Jared Cook. He did get into the end zone for the first time last week. I'm just I'm trying to catch that touchdown for this week. It's it's a one-week play, um, and it cost me nothing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, who knows? He's I think he's the third passing option in that game between behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, so it's fine. It can go that way. It seems like it progressed last week. That offense looked better last week, so who knows? And the last waiver claim was Chase Edmonds, zero to you, Chris, and this is looking even better a couple days or a day after the waivers cleared yesterday. Yeah, he's. it looks like David Johnson's a bit up in the air. Not in doubt yet, but there's a chance he doesn't play. If that goes my way, he's a three-down back who definitely can has some juice. He can make something happen. He'd be honestly someone I'd probably rather trade. If if it happens that uh, David Johnson can't play, I'm going to try and send Chase Edmonds to somebody and then get something in return, hopefully a receiver or some fab. Yeah, I, I love this pickup for you, Chris, especially when Daryl Williams, I think, went for two. Like, yeah. Yeah, getting Edmonds for nothing makes way more sense. Absolutely. And um, so that's it for the waivers of this week. Nothing massive an explosion. There's not really that many like huge name players that were picked up. A little bit more of a quiet week. Yeah. Um, but the free agents that happened afterwards that I kind of wanted to highlight, we already talked about Reggie. And now the other one was Kirk Cousins to Danny. So he's back on Danny's roster. They're playing Philly this week and they have a really hurt secondary. He's trying to get that magic back. He's had a couple losses. He has Cousins in his name, so he thinks it's been bad luck. He hasn't had Cousins on his roster. But, again, you don't want three quarterbacks in your team. He's his, He's been on all over the place with his roster. So what do you guys think of the Kirk Cousins free agent pickup here? Uh, it depends if he wants to play him this week against Philly. Like, I don't I don't hate that play against Philly. Their, their secondary is pretty weak. But, um, yeah, I'll let you guys kind of add to that. <laughs> High-quality, elite podcasting here today. Um, really, I think it's going to look good. Like They really showed the pass last week. They're trying to move a little bit more forward. But I think that was more of a statement because Minnesota is getting shit on a lot about just running the ball. So they need to have at least one game where they're like, yeah, we're doing this thing. I think they'll probably go back to the run a lot with Cook because he's just so talented. Um, we're also hearing now that Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen was not at practice because he was legitimately sick, um, which is not great, especially because he's on my roster, so that hurts me a lot. I'm hoping that he can play on Sunday. But he, that's even more reason why they would probably want to run the ball more than pass it this week. Let's see if it works out, though. He's playing against you, potentially starting Cousins here. Um, what do you? How do you feel about him potentially starting Cousins against you. Yeah, I had said it in the chat earlier this week, and I, I, I mean, there's always some mind games being played, like when you say, like, oh, I definitely want someone to start someone. Like, are you being serious or not? I was being 100% serious. I have 
very little faith in Kirk Cousins, and that could that could definitely come back and blow up in my face. Um, but his historical averages say he plays really bad against good teams, and then he does just enough to look good against bad teams. And I think Philly is now figuring it out. And last week, mind you, playing a terrible Jets team, I believe, um, with no offense, their defense looked incredible. Um, Minnesota's O-line is improved, which is helping Kirk Cousins a lot. But I think what masks Philly's secondary a little bit is when they can get pressure. And I expect they will be able to get a little bit. I'm not scared of Kirk Cousins at all. And again, you can literally play this on replay if he scores four touchdowns this week. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny to do. Yeah. yeah um, do but yeah, I I just don't like him. I think he sucks. I, I have always been a fan of the guy. I know he's a huge nerd. I like his energy and his passion when he's out there playing. He It's easy to hate him because he got guaranteed money and he has been mediocre. So I don't like, think he's been mediocre. I, do you think he's been worse than mediocre? If I give mediocre, we'll say like like 20 to 12 in the league, like that area of quarterbacks, 20 to 12. Yeah, sure. This year he's not been in that area. And I think more of that has just been, he hasn't had the opportunity to pass the ball. And then on those very small amount of opportunities, he hasn't quite capitalized the way he needs to. But last week he shows that he can still do it. Like he can still be a great quarterback. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you guys set enough on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was waivers. That was free agency. We're going in now to only one trade this week. Nothing, again, nothing too crazy with waivers. Nothing too crazy with free agency. Little trade here. We had Danny trading away the Rams defense and five fab to Chris for Rex Burkhead. Yep. So I'm happy to do this trade. It's going to be a a streaming defense for me between playing these guys in Green Bay. Kind of want to do it for the rest of the season. There's some weeks I might have a bit of trouble with it, but most weeks it's going to line up pretty well that I can play one of the two against a good matchup. So I'm happy to do it. I asked if he could throw in an extra 5-5 at the end, and he agreed, and I was like, sweet, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Danny does already have the Pats defense. He's going to play them every single week. Yeah, the Rams yeah. will just be sitting there. So that's a huge roster clog. So he's actually making a good move getting rid of them. He's getting something. Burkhead's not supposed to play this week. Um, I don't know how much value he really does have, but it's better than having a, a complete clog of a guy that you're never going to play. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like when Rex Burkhead was playing, he was surprisingly involved. It can be a little bit confusing to play just them in general, those Patriots running backs, but if Sony Michelle goes down, I think he'll be fantastic. So we'll see. I'm happy again to get Rams defense and 5 5 out of it. I think it improves my roster. So. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get into the recap from last week. A lot of explosion games this week. Um, we will start off with my matchup as we ordinarily do. Um, so it's Gallup Miles to hide from Brown with 134.72 points against This Is The Worst. Another name change for Taylor, who had 116.32 points. He is now 0-5. I get my second win. I am feeling on top of the world even though it was against the last place team. A win is a win. It was a good win. 134 points is nothing to be upset about. I'm happy I got that win, and things went really well for my roster. I did have Dak Prescott, who was looking really shaky in the beginning, but turned it around 27.22 points. And then on that Monday night game, I had Matt Brenda, 24.9 points. Love that gentleman. Had a hell of a game. Very first, so I was down by seven. I was wondering if you'd struggle a bit with it. So yeah, give him a bit of a. So I was down seven and a half points, and Brenda played on Monday night. 
I needed something to happen. He hasn't really been in the end zone very often this year. He's been more of a yardage kind of guy. And on the very first offensive play of the 49ers, he goes off for an 80-plus yard touchdown run. Fastest run of any touchdown in the league this year. So my stress was done. I was obviously very stressed. I was not sure if he was going to be able to do it. I had confidence that he would. But as soon as he took off there, I was like, great. I have nothing else to worry about. I didn't have to watch this game. I did. But it was just a great feeling. He had an amazing job. One receiving touchdown, one uh, rushing touchdown. Great job. So fun little anecdote here, a little behind the scenes on this, Adam, that you weren't aware of. And I know Taylor isn't going to want to hear this. (laughs) Taylor texted me at 645, so about an hour before game time. So I need Breida to get under six and a half points tonight. His over-under for rushing yards on pro line is 62 and a half. My response was, at least Coleman is back, so there's hope. Also, an early touchdown puts you out of your misery. <laughs> so you called the early touchdown. Yeah, first play of the, the game. First offensive stat for 49ers. See you later. That was a, a great way to go with that one. And I also had feeling... 130 receiving yards and two touchdowns really helped out the squad a lot with that one. And then Gallup was back in my lineup, 113 yards and a receiving touchdown. I think Gallup is just that secret weapon that a lot of people didn't have a lot of confidence in. Since like when he's in the game, he's been fantastic. All of that double coverage is going to go to Amari Cooper, and Gallup is a, a great talent in my opinion, and he's showing it this year. Um, anybody want to talk about? Taylor's side because I've been talking a lot so far. Yeah, like it, he had a bit of rough luck with Aaron Rodgers only putting up 9.42 points, so that kind of held him back. He didn't really have all that bad of a week. Michael Thomas went off for him 30.2 points, which is a fantastic week, but it just sucks when you play relatively well. So, how many points did he 116 get? points, which is fine. It's not the lowest in the league. There's multiple people lower. That's, a, that's a good week. It's yeah. a good week, yeah. I think this league or this uh, year in general, I think the scores have been going up a bit, they've been a bit higher. But that's just a that's a tough one for him. I feel for the guy. Yeah. Um, he tra- yeah, he trades for Aaron Rodgers, and he lets him down the very first, first week. week. Oh, that's, that, that's brutal. Super devastating. But uh, we will go on to the next matchup, which is I shower with my socks. Fraser, oh, 87.7 points. And guess what? That was indeed the lowest amount of points scored on the week. He has been eliminated from the gauntlet. The next one to go down. This is one I think that people kind of expected to happen relatively early in the season. (laughs) And here it is. But he's out. He's done. He played against just just a little bit gay, which is our good friend Andrew here, who had 149.22 points, almost dropped a bomb at 150. Not quite there. He is 4-1. Four-game win streak, as was mentioned at the top of the show. And really, what went well for you this week, Gould? Yeah, so... I mean, other than Curtis Samuel, there's really no one who gave me a dud of a game. And, I mean, against Jacksonville and with Kyle Allen, I, I don't even hate four and a half points. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with Josh Jacobs against Chicago. For sure. Um, I didn't expect nearly those like that amount of points from them. Um, that being said, I really like him. And I think going forward, I'm going to be really happy with both Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs as my one-two. I made the last-minute decision to start Will Disley in my flex, and the double tight end start on a week-to-week basis is a, 
I mean, it's a risky proposition. It's aggressive, yeah. It is. And I, I just decided at last minute to do it, and it was my best play. I think I left zero points on the bench, like the coaching ranking. So that who it gives were up. you deciding between? It was between Will Disley and uh, Robbie Anderson, I think, against Philly at that point. And at that point, because Disley played on Thursday, Sam Darnold was still questionable. He might have played with Robbie Anderson against Philly, who had a terrible secondary yeah. up to that point. So... I, I made the call and ended up working out really well. Yeah, um, lucky there. Well done. Yeah, and I mean, 150 points, you always got to be happy with that. Shout out to you, Chris, for making me your lock of the week, because I, I absolutely pwned Fraser. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, was, was a, that was a nice lock, and you took uh, Fraser too. So I did, yeah, that there. was we'll not great. Later, yeah. um, Fraser did have Matt Ryan over 37.9 points. Derrick Henry for 13.8, and then really the rest of his roster was not great. We had 4.2, 5.8, 3, 1, 1.4, 7, and 2 points from a lot of his players. Um, really, I think he's got to be the most let down by Odell Beckham Jr. He has not been playing well this year. And what do you guys think about Odell's prospects for the future? He kind of scares me. Yeah, I think there's definitely reason to be scared, especially I think it's that old line that's scaring me more than anything. But this is a player who's never played on this offense before, and this old line is not playing well at all. Clearly, they're having a hard time getting him the ball. The only time he scored was on like just a long bomb that was a, a broken play. So to say that's something you can rely on is very stressful. And this was a p- player that he picked at the one-two turn. So that hurts. Yeah, absolutely. That's like picking Antonio Brown, but (laughs) (laughs) the the thing about Odell is at least there's some like there's some name value there where you can potentially uh, get a trade out of it. But now that I say that out loud, there's also the the name value that Fraser is going to continue to start Odell Beckham. Every single oh, he has to, and yeah, and, and this Bentley little pupper oh, here is—he's crying for Odell Beckham Jr. He's just so sad that he's on a team that should be that had so much hype and it's just not happening for him. I know, I feel you, Bentley. I feel you. <laughs> so, just so everyone knows, uh, Steph, my girlfriend's dog, is sitting on my lap right now. This is the dog that I helped make uh, pro line picks with, and uh, how's he's it clearly go? Upset. How'd it go, by the way? I went like five hundred. So you did fine. All right. Not great. Not yeah. um, we will go on to the next matchup here, um, which is Diarrhea turned the John Brown stew 153.74 points, and he drops the bomb. Blows out Brandon the Warlock, walking over to my homies, 114 points. Again, a good week for Brandon. Not amazing, but definitely not enough to take down Stu. Giant week for him. Off the back of Deshaun Watson, 51.74 points. Puts up a 50-burger, and he finally shows up because he has not been amazing so far this year. Yeah, I, I love seeing 50 burgers in fantasy. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks when you're on the other side of it. But, like, if, if you as the owner, if you if you get 50 points out of any player, like, you're, you're, you're feeling really good. Yeah, like, it's if you lose with 50 points from a player, like, that's embarrassing. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's hard to do, obviously. But he had a fantastic week, most points by anyone on the weekend. Deshaun Watson playing well. Like, he's one of my favorite players in the league, so I just get really excited to watch him play. Um, this year, I am a, a Houston Texan fan. 
I realized when I was watching the game that I'm actually just a Will Fuller fan, like because he's <laughs> on my fantasy team. But still, I'm I'm happy to see this happen. He's he's fun to watch. I love watching Deshaun play. Absolutely, and then he also had Chris Godwin go for 24 and a half points. A, a great week from those two players. He had some other guys with some solid points. Edelman at 17, Elliott 15, Freeman at 13, and then the rest of his roster didn't really do too too much. Um, but on the other end, with uh, Brandon here, he did have Mahomes only go for 20. And again, only. like That's like a below-average game. But for Mahomes, you're expecting 30-plus points every single time. It kind of goes to show you, too, which we've all said a number of times, like his team relies on Mahomes. And when Mahomes isn't playing like a, like a god, he loses fantasy weeks. Yeah, yeah, we don't like the rest of his roster. We've talked about it plenty yeah. of times. I don't like his roster. I love Patrick Mahomes, and that's pretty much it. Now Sammy Watkins obviously hasn't been playing well, and now he's dealing with a hamstring issue. When he didn't have that stack going off, the rest of his roster really isn't that great. For sure, and Watkins put up a, a goose for him. Zero points. He was in that game early, had the issue, done nothing else going for yeah, him. Always and, yeah, so that really hurt him. I'm not sure if you guys have seen DJ Chark play yet, by the way. I yeah. hadn't until last week against Carolina. He is actually legit. Yeah, I know, he yeah. Good. He's I, really when good. he was picked up early on, I was like, okay, that's like why are you gonna go with this guy? I was DD Westbrook owner, still am, still love that guy. But DJ Chark is legit. Yeah. He's really good. He's an awesome player and seems like it's going to continue. We'll see if he has a connection with Foles, though. Um, we're not sure exactly if that will continue or not. Um, but DJ Shark did have 28.4 points for him that last week. Yeah, he's kind of like a player that I don't think he's overly fast. When I've been watching him play, he doesn't look overly fast, but he's he's a big dude. He's huge, and he's incredible at the contested catch. So if you can keep that going, that's really what matters, especially in the red zone. I think he ran a 4-3 coming out of LSU. Okay, I so no, he doesn't no. play as fast yeah. as I thought. I, I can't say. I didn't really agree with you on the speed part there. He is quite fast. He does seem to get behind defenders very easily, but... Your other point still stands. He makes very good contested catches. Mm -hmm. um, that'll move on to our next matchup, which is Bolt Gang, 185.06 points. You know what that means. Two bombs dropped this week. Alex, unbelievable, absolutely blows Ben. Lamari in the committee crew, 93.74 points <laughs> out of the water. And he had Winston for 21 points, McCaffrey for 41, Aaron Jones for 42. And really, that's all you need to say on that one. He did also have Allen Robinson for 21, Chargers defense for 16. It was just a hell of a week for him. Almost took the most points ever scored in a week from Ben. And he almost took the first place from him, but he's just four points down from that most points scored four. So amazing week. It puts him right in contention to take that first place spot. And I think he already did. He did. Oh, yeah. he, okay. He so, he, first. so he yeah. did take it from Ben there by just that hair. So Ben, that's got to hurt a lot. You had that amazing week in one that put you up there. But now Alex has not only beat you, but he's taking that first place spot from you. Yeah, so Alex is in first with a with a win over Ben too. Ben is yeah, three and two. Huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Ben has thing. lost two games. Wow, I know. I love it's that. insane. I love that. Yeah, and then Alex, I'm in I'm in second, and Alex has I think like eighty more points than me. Like he's we're not particularly close. Yeah, so when you have these explosion games like this, it really helps those points for situations, those tiebreakers, and right now it's definitely paying off for him. And yeah, wow, Ben three and two. You just don't imagine that would happen with 
just how his roster has performed, but he's had some bad luck lately, I guess. But do you guys remember last year? Brandon had the most points in the league, and he missed the playoffs. Oh, That's I remember. True. Do you guys remember that, yeah, Brandon? Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> hey, Brandon. <laughs> do you remember? Brandon, if you remember, please reach out. <laughs> but yeah, just want to quick talk about a couple of players that went off for Alex's team. Christian McCaffrey goes off for 41.7 points. Everyone was losing it in the, early in the day. Like, oh, this is insane. He's playing so well. After that, in the 4 o'clock games, he had a player go for even more, which is Aaron Jones going for 42.2 points. He had four touchdowns, leaving Aaron, Aaron Rodgers with none. So that was going to be limited. That was great. Yeah, like, can you imagine this? They keep scoring. It's not like they didn't score, just Aaron Rodgers didn't. Yeah. So Alex is fantastic. Alex could have started his two running backs, and he would have just barely lost a Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would have lost by, like, four points. Oh, man, that's hilarious. That, I love that. Yeah, so... Clearly, great week for Alex, and really, Lamar Jackson let Ben down with only 13.44 points, and then he also had Emmanuel Sanders only get nine receiving yards. He did have Amari Cooper still have a great week, 226 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown for 28 points. That's what kind of saved his week, because the rest really wasn't that impressive. I'm not sure how Ben feels about this, or how you guys even let you chime in. I, If I'm on the other side of this, if I'm Ben, and I have like a really good team that's been scoring a ton of points... I don't mind if my team kind of throws up a dud all at once and I score 90 points if the other person scored 180. Like, I'd rather my players have that week where all of them kind of have that down week and I score 70 points when the other team scores 180. Yeah. It's not like you threw up 90 points when the team you lost who scored like 93. That, that hurts. It hurts way less when that does happen. A yeah. loss is a loss, but yeah, when it's going to be a bad week, if you had no chance, it makes you feel a lot better for sure. So I, I used to feel that way, and now I don't anymore because like it's hard, it's heartbreaking when you lose those close ones, but clearly like our league comes down to points four at the end of the Fair season. Enough. So if you have somebody light you up, you're like, well, shit, now that person might affect my positioning later. I might miss playoffs because this guy just destroyed me this week. Mm. I had a severely low week and now I'm going to miss it because there's going to be people with the same record some of them are going to make the playoffs and some might even make the dildo playoffs so like that's it's it matters you want to put up points whenever you can I know you guys all agree with that but it's it's just tough so that's why I'm on the I want to put up as many points as I can every single week absolutely I'm not doing well this year that's for sure um the next one is cook baker touchdown maker nolan 102.52 points he does crack that 100 point mark but Steve wanted some more spec on his name. Trudeau's blackface, 142 points. We talked so much shit last week, and he was sick of it. He puts up an awesome week with 142 points. And to be clear, two of his players put up an awesome week. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. He had Russell Wilson go for 37.92 points, and then he had Philip Lindsay going for 20.7. Oh, okay. That wasn't even the one I was talking about. No, then no. he had the Eagles defense versus the Jets, 40. Four points. There it is. Oh my word. God, this defense scoring is broken. It is broken. I'm not we're not gonna get into it anymore, but I know you're just trying to put me on tilt right now. I was, and I shouldn't do it on the podcast. It is very broken. We'll talk about that later, but that hurts more if it's Nolan when it's your team's defense just destroying your face. Like that hurts. I agree. The Eagles defense Jet, again, we've been talking how they've been very vulnerable in that secondary, but two interceptions and then two touchdowns, 10 sacks. Oh my God. I didn't even see that. I, yeah, I, was, I just saw that now. That's ridiculous. Um, I feel bad for Sam Darnold's spleen this week uh, because oh. clearly there's got to be something wrong with that Jets O line if there's going to be 10 sacks. That's not just the Eagles' like defensive line, which is, they do have a fantastic defensive line, but still. 
Uh, Sam Darnold might need a little extra time for that spleen if he's going to get in there and get hit this many times. Yeah, and this is, again, going back to my earlier comments about Kirk Cousins. Like, the Eagles defense, again, they're playing a bad team, but they're really rounding into form here. And up until the beginning of this season, I think everyone thought the Eagles defense was going to be good. They still have most of the same pieces they had from the Super Bowl run and last year when they had a really good defense. I mean, there's some injured guys in the secondary. Yeah, that's the issue. It's more the injuries that have occurred, but yeah. Um, we'll go into our last matchup here. I know we didn't really talk that much about Nolan's team, so I, you know, we'll jump back. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Give, give Nolan a little bit of uh, airtime here. He did have Kyler Murray go for twenty five point four two points against that Cincy's awful defense, um, and then he did have Tyler Boyd on the other end go for one hundred twenty three receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. I love that guy. Bengals signed him for a long-term contract before the season started. I was very happy with it, and he's proving why he's earned that money. Um, he's a very talented player, and he's really picked up the slack while A.J. Green has been gone, and then John Ross just being out or just not doing the job fully. Yeah, so he's had a little bit of a tough time. Obviously, he's the guy in town now, and it's nice to see him step up a bit. But if I'm Nolan, I'm a bit frustrated, especially because he had, he had Robbie Gould miss three field goals this week. Mm-hmm. And just, it's not like he was going to beat him, but again, points matter so much just in general when it comes to standings and stuff. I think I passed Nolan this week because of that too, right? So it's just, it sucks. Um, you didn't. Pa- you do have another win over Topham, so that's one of the reasons oh, you were okay, ahead yeah, of him. Right. But yes, as, as we've been kind of saying throughout this podcast, scoring those points whenever you can does matter in the long term. Um, so the last matchup that we will get into yes. is fornicating cousins, 104.22 points versus my Nick is getting chubby, 118.06 for Chris. Yes. And Chris gets that big win. Danny gets the big L and guess what, Danny? Danny, what an upsetting game that occurred. You get Baker Mayfield, you start Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield gives you negative two points. Chris, talk about this. So I want to give a little bit of context Please do. So going into Monday night, he had Baker Mayfield left to play, and I had Nick Chubb and I had Tevin Coleman, and I think he was up by like 11 points or so going into that match. I'm like, I'm... I'm in a lot of trouble here. I don't see myself pulling this one off. Then all of a sudden, Baker, pick, fumble, pick. I'm like, oh, shit, this is starting to go my way. As the game just kind of continued progressing, Tevin Coleman getting that touchdown when it was off of a tip from going to Antonio Callaway. He's garbage, drops the ball every fucking time. Yeah, that's insane. Then goes the other way for a Tevin Coleman touchdown. Like, it was a good day. I wish I could have watched the whole game. I was at work, but... Fuck, that feels good. Yeah, that, a lot of things worked out in that Monday night game for you, and yes. a lot of things did not work out well for Danny, which is why he's our pull-the-trigger winner and slash loser this week. <laughs> um, for your team, Chris, like you had Carson Wentz only go for 14 points, but you yeah. did have Sonya Michelle for 18, and then the big one, Will Fuller shows up for you. You had just made that trade, 217 yards and three Three receiving touchdowns, hell of a week he shows up for you. He also got tackled on the one twice. He should have had five touchdowns. The one, if they didn't, so they got, it was for a first down, it was first and inches. He was legit in the end zone. If they challenged it, they would have got the touchdown, but they just decided to run it in instead the next play, which is fine. But he should have scored five times. Oh my. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, you, you didn't need it. 
but it worked out amazingly well. <laughs> Still a hell of a week. Yeah. And yeah, your defensive Buccaneers negative one points for yeah, you. That, that hurt. Yeah. If you would have lost by that margin, whoo, you would have been pulling trigger. Oh, yeah, for or, sure. sure. And Dorsett with a goose too. Yeah, Dorsett got hurt early in the game. He uh, pulled his hamstring in the first quarter. So that sucks when that happens. It is what it is. I, I went a little bit more aggressive starting him instead of playing DJ Moore. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play the matchup here. Hopefully it'll go my way. It obviously didn't. At the end of the day, I'm happy I got the win. Yeah, with Danny's roster, he had Fournette go for 19.7, Chris Carson go for 18.3, Carlos Sun going for 15.2, and then he had the Patriots defense going for 19. Like, great weeks from a lot of his players, and it just was not enough to get it done because Baker Mayfield absolutely screwed him. Yep, that's exactly what it is. That's the completely, that's what turned it around. I think you definitely see the benefit from Danny's draft to going running back, running back, running back. Like a week like this, Alvin Kamara is your lowest scoring running back, and he gets 11 points. His running back stack looks really good. Fournette sucks, is super slow, um, but <laughs> the ball they run the ball all the time. And Chris Carson, a true like Pete Carroll wasn't lying, they're going to run the ball all the time, and they're involving him a little bit in the receiving game. And Alvin Kamara is an absolute stud, and when Breeze is back, he's going to be even better. So, um, I mean, Danny's team has pieces, but you also see the giant gap in the middle of his roster at tight end and wide receiver because he didn't take any players, well, other than T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, that being said, Corlin Sutton has hit so far this year. Yes. Which is surprising. He's leveled up. He looks pretty good. If you want to click on there quick for me, he's, he's definitely a top. Holy so he's cow. What, wide receiver 10 on the year. So it's, it's surprising, but he was able to put that together. That was clearly a good pick. T.Y., everyone's a bit nervous about. T.Y.'s been having a good season as well, so... That's why he's in a good position in general this season, and obviously the Patriots' defense. But three and two now, he's not he's not that far away from the pack anymore. Like that's how things go sometimes. For I sure. I really think the Patriots' defense is going to carry him a long way too. Like I, I, I don't yeah. expect them to have an off week, and their schedule is incredibly soft. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's mostly because they're in the AFC East. Like they get six games against poor offenses. All of them are bad. Even though the Bills are a good team, they don't have a very good offense, so they can just light up all these teams. So one thing I want to do while we're still on your matchup, Chris, and I want to do it after you talked about Tevin Coleman, but it's probably better to do it now. I want to know where you guys stand after that Monday night game. Now, Tevin Coleman back, you've seen a game with him back, and Brita had a huge game at him. Oh, yeah. Where do you guys stand on where they are in the pecking order? And going forward, do you guys want to do a beer bet between those two? Um, so moving forward from this time here. Yeah. This time on, I'll do it. I gotta say, I was... Just thinking that we had the quickest beer bet on that first episode with Hyde and Duke. And I actually did write down to talk about that this episode. And I'll give you that update when we get into the predictions for next week. But yeah, like I would still absolutely take that. I was not happy to see that Coleman did perform well. Like he did actually play very well. He looked good out there. But near the end of the game, they were resting Brenda. They, they said, okay, congratulations. You did a phenomenal job out there. And they let Coleman kind of run near the end of the game there and take it over. They really did not play Brenda near the end. Um, so I was still really happy. I think there's still that one, two, like one, a one B type situation. There's no one guy that's really taking it over. They're going to use a, giant amount of people in that they're most are still going to probably get some carries as well um so i'm still confident that brenda's going to be the better back and he's going to score more and he's going to just be the better player um so i would absolutely do a beer bet with you for the rest of the season would have been nice to have it in the beginning because coleman got injured but i will still do it now all right let's do it yeah i think 
Brenda's best when he's used in like a limited capacity. Obviously, he's he's lightning on a stick. Like he's unreal. He's a fantastic player. He's but if crazy you, fast. If you overuse him, he's a small guy, so I could see him getting hurt. He's not that I'm, small. Well, he's he's tiny. He looks tiny to me out there. But I think you're biased because you love him. I think the best way to use him is to limit his carries and let him be electric. And he was incredibly efficient I'm last fine with that. He was incredible. So I I think he's a good player. If I was gonna pick right now, if I could pick one of the two players, I would take Brenda. I'm going to take my player that I have some fun. Good. I, I like that you're you're rolling with it because, yeah, it is up in the air. It could be anybody. Yeah. Um, so now we have two running backs that are on the same team that we have differing opinions on, and I absolutely love it. Um, so that's our second beer bet here, and let's get into our re or sorry our pickums for this week six. Um, what happened last week? We tied. We had each tied. had oh, three wins. So I had myself and you had Taylor. I got that win. I had Fraser. You had Andrew. Andrew got that win. Um, and then we both had your, you. You got the win. We both had Stu. Got the win. We both had Ben. Loss. We both had Nolan. Loss. So right. we ended up there 3-3. Three, three. So on the, or on the season, you're at 18. I'm at 15 wins. Um, and for this one, I am not going to have Andrew pick these with us. Last season, we did have a group podcast, and I went back to my old phone to see the information that was there. So last time when we had another person on, I said that we were going to keep track of when it was a non-host picking. Well, last year, the group had four wins. Chris and I each had three wins. So right now, the the non-hosts have the victory. (laughs) So we're going to see what Andrew's picks are, and we'll add that to the non-host weekly picks, and we'll just keep on track that whenever we have a guest or whatever that might be. But for this week, it is Gallup Miles to Hide from Brown, which is me versus Stu. Diarrhea turned the John Brown. My roster is Dak Prescott, Carlos Hyde, Matt Brenda, Adam Thielen, Didi Westbrook, Michael Gallup, Jared Cook, uh, Paul Richardson, jo- something slide, Jay Sly, Joey. <laughs> and the uh, Seahawks defense. And then uh, Stu's lineup is Deshaun Watson, Ezekiel Elliott, Carrion Johnson, Julian Elliman, um, Robinson, Weapon X. It's DeMarcus, right? Robinson. Wide Kansas City, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Devontae Freeman, Justin Tucker, and the Titans defense. So it's going to be a tough one just to see if um, if Mark Andrews plays for Baltimore. He he hasn't practiced yet this week. If he does, he's a great player and a great matchup there. Uh, Deshaun Watson playing against Kansas City is a fanta- fantastic matchup. Zeke against the Jets, I think, is fantastic. Edelman versus the Giants, fantastic. So there's there's a lot of good pieces going going his way there. I like a lot of those. That being said, I think Dak against the Jets as well as with that stack, I think that's a pretty good spot to be as well because you have Gallup. I'm, yes, yeah, exactly. I'm loving the yeah. stack with Gallup there. This I He has amazing matchups across the board he does, here. Yeah. With Mark Andrews, I think he will play. He's usually like not practicing very much during the week. He's playing Cincy. Then Freeman is has Arizona. There's just a lot of things that are not looking good. But saying all of that, I went with the confidence last week. I'm going with the confidence this week. I'm projected to lose by 15. I don't believe those projections. I think my team will show up. Jared Cook will get a touchdown for me. Gallup will have 100 yards and a touchdown. Westbrook's going to have a touchdown. Things are going to go my way. What's really going to happen? Carlos Hyde versus Kansas City. He's going to get another touchdown. He had 12 points last week. I did not put him in my starting lineup. My child said, 
you know what? She's six months old. Said, put Miles Sanders in, not Carlos Hyde. Thank goodness it didn't burn me. It was a six-point difference, but it all worked out. I'm going with Hyde this week against Kansas City. He has 43.8 points on the season, and Duke Johnson has 29. So I'm not as high in that trade or in that uh, beer bet as I expected. Yeah, it's but I definitely, I, well. I definitely am winning that one right now. I'm going with myself. What do you guys think? So I'm going to go the other way here. I just, those matchups are too good in my opinion. I think things are really going to go well, especially for Deshaun Watson. When your quarterback really hits like that, it can go a long way. So I'm going to take Stoodle in here. That's fair. So I, yeah, I love Deshaun Watson this week. And I mean, a quarterback having a huge performance typically goes a long way. I wouldn't be surprised to see Deshaun Watson follow up that 50 with another high 30s or 40s. And again, Zeke versus the Jets uh, is also a, a really great matchup. So his two best players have really great matchups. Yeah. So that always bodes well. Also, Jared Cook against Jacksonville. Are you concerned at all that Greg Olson went zero for zero last week? Not even a little bit. Okay. He's lulling them to sleep. The interesting you. thing about this matchup here is that I have the running back for Houston. He has the QB. He has the running back for Dallas. I have the QB. There's oh. like a little bit of a flip there. So... Depending oh, on how big. game script happens, if the things roll the correct way for me, I think he does have the two better players out of those two changes. <laughs> but if the game script goes where Houston's going to run the ball a little bit more and Dallas needs to throw the ball a little bit more, it could work out. But yeah, I'm not upset with you guys picking Stu because it seems like to be the smarter play. Um, but we will go into the next one. Uh, Chris, do you want to go down the lineups for me here, please? Yeah, next one is going to be Cook Baker, touchdown maker. Versus walking over to my homies. So for Nolan's team, we got Kyler Murray, Jordan Howard, James Conner, Josh Gordon, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Robbie Gould, and the Redskins defense. Going for Brandon, he has Patrick Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Golden Tate, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Greg Olson, Deontay Johnson, Zane Gonzalez, and the Broncos defense. Gould, how do you start us off here, buddy? What do you think? So I hadn't actually looked at Nolan's team in a while. His receivers are pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Boyd has really shown that he can perform, as I already talked about slightly earlier. And then, yeah, Josh Gordon with no AB there. He's a, he's a phenomenal player, so that's looking good. And then Cooks, who looks like he's going to play again. Yeah, I wonder if Devontae Adams has been his worst receiver. I don't want to click on each of them and get their ranks, but it wouldn't surprise me if Devontae Adams, of those four guys, has the least points. Maybe Brandon Cooks. Um, but also James Conner against the Chargers this week. The Chargers are really bad against the run, so that's a great matchup. And some, I think some people will probably say, okay, they have their third-string quarterback in. Jalen Samuels is out. Literally, James Conner is the only thing they have going, so they're going to just they're gonna run it through him the entire time, yeah. and their defense isn't good against the run. But that also kind of leads me to believe the Chargers are smart enough with a defensive head coach to just put, like, 10 in the box yeah. and be like, go ahead, Give it a shot. Devlin Hodges. <laughs> beat, beat us outside. Um, and then Juju runs wild. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, I'm benching him, so, <laughs> All right, so hopefully not. Um on the other side, Patrick Mahomes against Houston. I I kinda like that matchup too. That being said, we talked earlier about his injury and it looks like it's slowing him down. It him being able to throw on the run is a huge part of his game. And Houston's got a pretty good D-line. Um so that could go either way. Gurley's been on the field for all of the snaps recently, but he just got an injury that popped up this yeah. week. It looks like it could be Malcolm Brown. This is going to be, I think this is actually going to be a really tight matchup. 
So I just want to quick make a point, though. If it goes to Malcolm Brown, that's a huge swing because that's a Nolan player who's on his bench right now who he can move into the starting lineup. So that's a that's a massive swing. Which might happen to because Adams looks like he's progressing that he's not going yeah, to play. It is a play. Monday night game, so that's a little bit sketchy there. So, yeah, so he just puts in Brown there. That's You're right. That's a huge turn for him. Yeah, I'm just looking at a couple players here for, for Brandon. Like, Golden Tate versus New England, I think think is horrible good luck bud and then he has Deontay Johnson versus the Chargers who has like it's their fourth string quarterback who's going to be throwing him the ball he's not the number one he's he's the number two now which is nice but that is not what you want to do and this is these things we've been kind of questioning a couple of Brandon's trades throughout the year and now he's having to put in these players who I really wouldn't want to put into my starting lineup that being said he has Patrick Mahomes versus Houston which I think can be fantastic yeah, I don't know. Hearing you talk about it, I, I'm, I'm picking Nolan. That That is... <laughs> okay, I, I both bad teams. I, yeah, I, I already have mine written down. I'm locking in Nolan on this one. There was just a few things where there's too many questions with the Warlocks team, and I think his dark magic of his trades is not going to work out this week, so I'm going with Nolan on this one. I'll go... I'm going to go against here, because I think Scary Terry McLaurin against Miami could... He'll probably light it up, and then I'm going to count on Patrick Mahomes. I, like, I'm just going to go the other way because I'm don't. i not a big fan of Nolan's roster overall. I don't like James Conner this week, even though he's the only guy. It's just it's not a good situation. So just having that as your number one running back, it'll it'll change in my mind. I'm going to lock this pick in, but if Todd Gurley doesn't play, I would go the other way. It doesn't matter, but I'm saying I would. When you say lock this pick in, do you mean like this is your lock? No, no, oh, it's not okay. my lock. I'm just okay. saying I'm not going to flip-flop if Gurley doesn't play. I'm just going to take Brandon. Okay. Yes. All right. So we'll go on to our next matchup, which is Trudeau's blackface, Steve versus this is the worst, Taylor. Uh, Steve's roster is Russell Wilson, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Evans, Juice Landry, Vance McDonald, Muhammad Sanu, um, Butker, and then the Eagles defense. And then we also have on the other side for Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Ty Lockett, Stefan Diggs, Michael Thomas, Jason Wynn, Mecole Hardman, Will Lutz, and then the Saints defense. Okay, a couple of big players uh, on both sides of the ball. I think Aaron Rodgers, Monday night versus Detroit. Detroit has looked good just in general this season. They're coming off of a bye. They're going to want to step up against a really good team. This is a statement game for them if they can make it. That being said, it's going to be a hard game to play. So I don't I don't really know what I think of Aaron Rodgers. I think he's probably a low-end quarterback one in my mind this week. Uh, Joe Mixon versus Baltimore, which is surprisingly kind of a weak defense this year I think could be pretty good and Tyler Lockett playing against Cleveland which is also something I think could be quite good the thing is the guy throwing Lockett the ball is not well is no he's on the other team. oh he's on the other side of the ball yeah okay yeah, but it's still it's still better for Taylor because he's gonna get more points off of the fair yeah. to Lockett but yes you're right that's a tough one um just looking at the matchups on the other side there, starting for um, for Trudeau's Blackface, which was Steve. Like, Russell Wilson looked fucking incredible last week. He's going into a defense that, that didn't look very well, or it looked like they were playing very no. well with Cleveland. So things could go his way. Overall, I still don't really like his team, though. Um, had a great week last week. I think. Is he 4-1 and one right now? Uh, yeah. Yes, he is. Which, it blows my mind with this roster that you can be 4-1. and one. This, Those points hey. last week. Put some respect on his name. He put up 140 plus points last week. He shut us up, but still, not no respect. No, I'm gonna go the other way now, just because we started. Let's <laughs> go, Taylor. First win of the season. You know what? My thing is, I did want to go with Taylor too. No respect on Steve's name. We're going with Taylor. Yeah! He's getting his first win. Let's go, Taylor. All right. Well, 
I'm I'm gonna go with Steve. So oh. <laughs> I feel like everything we analyzed before that point didn't matter at <laughs> no, all. Right? Yeah, he could have had Ben's team; it wouldn't have mattered. No. Um, yeah, I am gonna go Steve. I all think right. I Aaron Rodgers against Detroit again. That's kind of low end. David Johnson may not play. No, Joe, it's Duke Johnson. Sorry, Duke Johnson. No, 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 no that's David, no, David Johnson. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were looking on the other Steve side. No, Steve. sorry. Yeah, um, Joe Mixon. I don't think is very good. And then. Stefan Diggs has been a complete ghost. And then if Lockett has a good game, that means the guy on the other side or on the other team also had a good game. So I yeah, I'm gonna go Steve here. I don't again, I don't really think either of these teams are incredible, but Yeah, I think like if I wasn't picking with my heart, I would pick Steve. I think his his roster's better, but I am picking with no my hedging, heart. No hedging. No hedging. No, no, yeah. go Taylor. Go Taylor all, all right. the way. All in. I know we're like we're hard on Steve just in general in this league, so I just I feel a little bit bad. Like just on the podcast, he seems well, like ripped No, no, he has deserved it so far until last week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nothing that we say is false. <laughs> That's true. I guarantee his breakdown is probably still in the negative. And he, I think he would have went 10-1-0 last week. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, he would have. No, no. Nine, There's a lot nine. of big... Yeah, yeah, it probably would have been 9, I think. Oh, okay. um, but we'll go on to the next one. We've picked our uh, players for that one. And the next one is I shower with my socks. Fraser versus Bolt Gang. Alex... Uh, Fraser's lineup is Matt Ryan, Derek Henry, uh, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Odell Beckham, Gerald Everett, Willie Sneed in the flex. We have nobody in the kicker spot right now in the Jets defense. And then for the Bolt gang, we have Phillip Rivers, Kenyon, or uh, Kenyon, Kenya. Go ahead, work through it. Kenya Drake, or uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kenyon Drake, um, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley. Preston Williams going for another <laughs> Miami player. Oh, Zach Ertz, McCaffrey, Lambeau, and then the Chargers defense. <laughs> wow, what, do you, what are you boys uh, chatting about? We're just looking here. He's got two Miami Dolphins players in his starting lineup. Like, what is going on here? That's disgusting. I get it's against Washington, the worst team. And this is like, if it's any week to play the Dolphins, it's going to be this week. But I would never want to have two starting Dolphins. Yeah, I two, really why you can take a shot on one of them, but yeah. yeah, two's a little aggressive. I feel like Alex could be outsmarting himself here, thinking like, okay, Dolphins coming off a bye against a Washington team with a new coach. Maybe he's thinking like, maybe Washington's really throwing in the towel here. I mean, Kenyon Drake is kind of bad, period. Preston Williams is like not I the like worst. Preston yeah, Williams. he's not the worst player to play, so I, I don't hate that as much, but... I can't imagine McCaffrey going into the running back spot and there's no one better he could play in his flex over Kenyon Drake. But maybe that is, yeah, okay, that actually looks to be the case. Yeah, that's his best play. Uh, I would actually, I would play James White. I probably would too. Over him, but yeah. he'll listen too late to use our advice because this game starts like any minute. Yeah. So Matt Ryan could have an explosion week he here could. for Fraser going against Arizona. Um, Sneed could have a long bomb touchdown. Um, but really what I'm seeing are better matchups on Alex's side with Calvin Ridley versus Arizona. Um, and then also I do kind of like Preston Williams versus Washington on this one. Um, I'm going to go with Alex. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I think Frazier is, he's just, unfortunately, he's having a bit of rough luck with Odell Beckham, just not playing all that well. I don't see it going his way. Having to start Royce Freeman at at running back isn't ideal either, though I agree with the Matt Ryan side, and I'm not a big fan of those starting players for Miami. I'm still going to take Alex to win as well. All right, and how about you, Gould? I kind of think this is going to be a way better matchup than people think. Um, Matt Ryan against Arizona... Julio Jones always plays through injuries. Larry Fitzgerald's the only wide receiver really there available against Atlanta. You guys went with Alex, and he isn't first, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Fraser. Go against the grain. Look at that. He's going with the Wet Sox, Brandon. Yeah, hey, I like it. 
All right, and then we'll go into the next one. Um, Chris, could you take this one away? Okay, we got um, Fornicating Cousins versus Just a Kittle Bit Gay. So starting for Danny, we got Kirk Cousins. He did put him in the starting yeah, lineup. Yeah, there you go. Good for him. Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Christian Kirk, Corlin Sutton, Auden Tate, TJ Hawkinson, Alvin Kamara. Currently an empty kicker spot. The Patriots defense. And he's going up against Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson, Dalvin Cook, Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, Curtis Samuel, George Kittle, Will Disley, Matt Gay, and then the Cowboys defense. Cool. this is your matchup, so let's hear a little bit on the inside here. Yeah, so I, I, I like my team this week. I, I like, oh, the, just the, Gi- the Giants and uh, New England just started, and Tom Brady has 40 points. <laughs> um, no, but I, I really like Tom Brady this, uh, tonight, in tonight's game. There's been two other matchups where the Patriots have been playing such bad teams that the narrative's been out there like they can get so far ahead he doesn't do anything. They just run the ball. But in both those games, he's had massive games. They just keep airing it out. And if there's any team you can trust to have zero mercy on a terrible team, it's the Patriots. That's Belichick. Yeah. So I kind of – I like Tom Brady. And also my first week starting Adrian Peterson um, against Miami, I am a huge fan of that too. And I'm not sure if you guys heard what Washington's new head coach came out and said. But essentially he was like – we're going to run the ball all the time. Yeah. Nice. And that's That's not going to be with Chris Thompson. It's going to be with a veteran that he trusts. And he might average 2.9 yards a carry, but he's going to get 28 carries. So (laughs) I think Peterson's going to have 23-plus points this week. And because of that, I'm going with you, Gould, this week. That's a big point total. 23-plus? Miami's trash garbage, man. Two touchdowns and 100 yards? Yes. All right, well, do you want to make a bet at 20 points? No, I'm not betting. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't think it was a bad game, but that's just aggressive. So, uh, But I'm on the same page here. I think I like a lot of Gould's players. Just in general, I think he has a great team, so I'm going to take Gould to win as well. I'm going to talk a little bit about James because you guys didn't say anything, but again, his running backs are really good, and they they do scare me a little bit. Kirk Cousins does not. I will repeat that. Tom Brady completed his first pass for 19 yards. Um, And... Danny's now down to Christian Kirk, who may not play, Cortland Sutton, who just does not scare me against the Tennessee secondary, and then Auden Tate as his receivers. So I I like his running backs. I am terrified of the Patriots' defense. Um, I think he's got a good team. I just I like my matchups this week. I'm going to go me. Yeah, sure. this is a big matchup. I think this is my lock of the week, up. actually. Oh, this me, is your lock. This is my lock of the week. Really love riding it. on that. I hope that was super loud in everybody's ear. <laughs> that was a Bro high five, I think off the back of Peterson, this is a lock for you. Uh, that's a big one to take as your lock. I'm still trying to figure out who my lock is. Are We We haven't done my matchup yet, have we? We have not done the last matchup yet, no. All right, so uh, we got my Nick is getting chubby, which is me versus Lamari and the committee crew. So um, I was talking to Ben a bit earlier. So starting for Ben's roster right now, he has Mark Ingram, Amari Cooper, Greg Zerline, and the Ravens defense. That is it. Everyone else it. is on his bench. Mind games. We were talking about it. He's actually he said he's doing it because he what he wants to do is uh, punish all his players who played like shit last week. <laughs> I hope he does it for the entire week though, because I think that would be smart. Get the team just right back in the right mindset after sitting a week, and then they'll play better. Good Unfortunately, point. you'll lose this week, but I think it's gonna pay off for in the long run or in the long run for your team. <laughs> so I think it's a great idea to do that. Um, starting on my roster, we have Carson Wentz, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Will Fuller, Tyreek Hill, maybe, hopefully, maybe. Austin Hooper, Tevin Coleman, Mike Nugent, and then the Packers defense. Um, I like some of my matchups. I like how my team is kind of starting to get healthy now. I get Tyreek Hill and Tevin Coleman back. But just in general, like we have the Baltimore players who he's obviously he's gonna start Lamar 
Jackson at quarterback and then having Mark Ingram playing against Cincinnati is what really terrifies me the most because I think they're going to be fantastic. Yeah, so I'm now seeing it from your guys' perspective when Ben does this with his roster. It makes it really hard to project what's <laughs> yeah, actually going to happen. It does. So I just focus on my own team. Yeah. Nothing else I can control. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Gordon is against Pittsburgh this week, who I also assume will play. That's that's it's a pretty good... Or, who's he going to play, him or Eckler? It's it's up in the air because he'll probably only play one. I think there's a chance, though, that there will be a point where he can play both. I think I think this is probably the time to do it. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is in position for a get-right game here against Kansas City. Oh yeah, um, but Chris, yeah, I, I like a bunch of your a bunch of your matchups here. Um, this is a tough one, Adam. Where do you where do you stand on this? Oh, I already locked this in. This is Ben easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Ben is going to take this win. Sure, it's a little confusing with the roster players not being in there. You look at his roster; he's going to have a bounce back week here, and he's gonna he's gonna beat you, Chris. Um, unfortunately, like I also think Ben Ben is gonna beat me. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to win here. I'm sorry. I'm gonna do what I can, but Ben has a lot of points this season. He's overall he's he does plus he does have some points. Um, I <laughs> think this is gonna be another surprisingly high scoring match between both of you. Um, but and this kills me too. I think I'm also going to pick Ben. All right, fair enough. So we got a triple Ben there. Yeah, so, um, Chris, have you chosen any sort of a lock though? Um. Just double up on me. No, no, I'm gonna tell uh, Steve to suck it. Yes, I, I love it. That's fantastic. Well, that is all of our picks for the week for week six. Um, can't wait to get into it after the games. Um, we the Thursday night game has started. I would love to get down there and watch it. So, is there any parting words from you boys? No, thanks for listening, boys. Cool, thanks for joining us. It was fantastic. Thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah, well, you did a phenomenal job. You're always welcome whenever to join us on the podcast. You're very knowledgeable. You're clearly very successful in the league, and uh, we appreciate your knowledge on the podcast. Appreciate that. All right, and we'll leave it off with a fuck you, Brendan.